There's a misconception that sin is defined as a concrete list of rules, specifically the rules given to Moses at Mount Sinai. It's believed that these rules never change and apply to everyone throughout all time. And not obeying even one of these rules is considered an act of sin. Check out some of the rules given to Moses at Mount Sinai, and as we read them, think about whether or not you actually believe that not obeying these rules is a sin. I guarantee 100% of Christians don't follow 100% of these rules. Leviticus chapter 19. Do not wear clothing woven from two different types of fabric. Do not trim your sideburns or beard. Do not do any type of physical activity on the Sabbath. Leviticus 12.3 On the eighth day after being born, a boy's foreskin must be circumcised. Leviticus 25.44 You are allowed to purchase male and female slaves from other nations. I'm not making that up. That's one of God's rules, according to Leviticus 25.44. You cannot possibly believe these rules are concrete, never-changing, and apply to everyone throughout all time. You cannot possibly believe these rules should be followed. How many respected evangelical Christian pastors wear mixed fabric suits, shave their facial hair, do physical activity on the Sabbath, and are not circumcised? I would guess over 99% of them. Leviticus 20 Anyone who speaks disrespectfully to their father or mother must be put to death. Death. I agree, no one should speak disrespectfully to their parents, but killing the child is not the answer. And what about that whole rule that says, thou shalt not kill? Are we just going to ignore that? And finally, Leviticus 11. God said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. You may not eat the following animals. Rabbit, pig, shrimp, lobster, scallop, mussel, oyster, squid, crab, catfish, frog, snail, or alligator. Unless you're vegan, you've probably eaten one of those animals. Or at least, you don't believe it's a sin for others to do so. What's funny is, Paul teaches the complete opposite of what Moses is saying here. 1 Corinthians 8.8, Paul says, It's true. We cannot win God's approval by what we don't eat, and we cannot lose God's approval by what we do eat. There is no restrictions for what we can and cannot eat. That's confusing. Do we obey Moses or not? According to Paul, Evangelical's favorite Bible writer, Sin does not apply to everyone equally. Sin is not a list of concrete rules that never change and are applicable for everyone throughout all time. Sin isn't even an action, rather an emotion to an action. 1 Corinthians 8, 9-13 If someone believes that God does not allow them to eat certain food, you must be careful to not cause them to act against their beliefs, and lead them to sin by encouraging them to eat what they believe is unclean. If that person sees you eating what they believe is unclean, will that not encourage them to violate their own conscience, causing them to sin? 
When you encourage others to do what they believe is wrong, you sin against them. As a result, you sin against Christ. So, if what I eat causes another person to sin, I will never eat that food as long as I live. Paul continues this thought two chapters later, 1 Corinthians 10, 27-33. He says, If someone who has no food restrictions invites you to their home for a dinner party, feel free to accept their invitation. Eat whatever is offered to you without questioning if it's clean or unclean. However, suppose you meet someone at that party whose beliefs restrict them from eating unclean food and they point out to you which food is unclean. At that point, you must not eat the unclean food out of consideration for their conscience, even though it is not a sin for you to eat what they believe is unclean. It is a sin for them. So don't tempt them to sin by eating the unclean food in front of them. I don't always do what I desire because I would rather do what is best for others so that they may live free from sin. What Paul is saying is, if someone thinks a certain act is a sin, then that person should not do that act as to avoid feeling guilty. However, what Paul is not saying is, just because that person believes a certain act is a sin, that does not mean that act is a sin for everyone. It is simply a sin for that person. Sin is relative. For example, if you do not think eating pork is bad, then go ahead and eat pork. That's not a sin for you. However, if you do think eating pork is bad, then it is a sin for you, so don't eat it. Let's look at one more example from Paul, since modern evangelicals love him so much. Hopefully, they'll at least listen to what he has to say about sin. Romans 14, 21 through 23. You may believe there is nothing wrong with eating meat, drinking wine, or doing anything else. I'm glad you don't feel guilty for doing what you have decided is right. Blessed are you in your freedom. However, if it might cause another person to stumble and sin, keep those things between yourself and God when you're around others who don't share your belief. If anyone feels any sort of guilt when eating, drinking, or doing anything, then they are sinning. If you don't follow your convictions and you do anything you believe is wrong, you are sinning. Paul defines sin as doing something that you think is wrong. If I think it's wrong to dance, then it's a sin for me to dance. But if you don't think it's wrong to dance, then it's not a sin for you. If I think it's wrong to smoke a cigar, and yet I do it anyways, I am sinning. But if you don't think it's wrong to smoke a cigar, and you light one up, you wouldn't be sinning. Sin isn't a concrete list of rules that apply to everyone equally. It's a case-by-case -case basis. If your parents taught you that the word crap was a cuss word, then saying that word would have been a sin for you. But if your parents had no issue with that word and they didn't restrict you from saying it, then saying that word would not have been a sin for you. Saying the word crap 
can in no way be a universal sin that applies to everyone of all ages throughout all the world and throughout all time. No action can do that. Here's a more practical example of what Paul is talking about. Let's imagine your doctor tells you your weight is causing you many health issues. She says you need to eat healthier food, eat smaller portions, and be more active. Yet, despite knowing what you ought to do, you continue eating unhealthy food, eating large portions, and not exercising. Not obeying your doctor means you're doing what you know is wrong. Therefore, you would be sinning. But does that sin apply to everyone? Of course not. Are those actions forbidden in the law of Moses? Of course not. Paul knows that no food is off limits. However, he doesn't force people to believe what he believes. He allows them to keep their religious food restrictions. And when he's around others, he'll even restrain himself from eating what the other person believes is wrong. It is not a sin to eat pork, nor is it a sin to believe that eating pork is a sin. Is eating six double bacon cheeseburgers a sin? No. But should anyone eat six double bacon cheeseburgers? No. That's not beneficial. There are things we should not do even though they are not a sin. What we should and should not do are not always based on whether or not they are a sin. And just because you think that something is a sin does not mean it is a sin for others. Here's another practical example. If your theoretical child does something that you believe is wrong, but they don't know that what they did was wrong, then their conscience is clear and they have committed no sin. However, that doesn't mean that the child should be allowed to continue doing what you believe is wrong. You should teach your child right from wrong. Then, once they know better, they will either stop doing what they now know to be wrong, or they will do it anyways and feel guilt from their actions. Sin is not an action. It's the emotion we feel when we do something we know to be wrong. But if we don't believe an action to be wrong, then we feel no guilt when we do it, and we wouldn't be sinning for doing that action, regardless what others think. 1 John 3, verse 21. If we don't feel guilty, then we can confidently be in God's presence. Hebrews 10, 1. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good news. The list of rules given to Moses on Mount Sinai are not perfect. If you believe those rules are perfect and you choose to obey them, then you're not a Christian. You're Jewish. You would be practicing the Jewish religion to a T. The difference between Christians and Jews is not the God they worship. They both worship the God of Abraham. The difference is whose teachings they obey. Jewish people obey Moses. Christians obey Jesus. In the same way that Paul does not follow Moses' list of rules, Jesus also doesn't follow Moses, nor does he expect his followers to. Jesus gave instructions 
that went against Moses' rules. For example, Moses said in Leviticus 24, 19-20, Anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted, a fracture for a fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Whatever anyone does to injure another person must be paid back in the same way. However, Jesus straight up teaches the opposite. Matthew 5, 38-39, he said, You have heard the law of Moses that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. However, I disagree. Do not treat an evil person in the same way they have treated you. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other cheek as well. There is nothing anyone can say to convince me that Jesus did not just dismiss the written laws of the Old Testament. Yet, ironically, as followers of the teachings of Jesus, many Christians hold on to the laws of Moses as if they were the gospel. Do you practice Judaism? If so, then more power to you. But I'm not talking to people of other faith traditions. I'm talking to self-proclaimed Christians. The Christ you claim to follow understood that the old laws were no longer appropriate for his day and age, so he made better rules. He openly and obviously chose to ignore the old rules in order to be better than them. He didn't reject the old rules for the sake of being rebellious or defiant. He rejected the old rules because they were bad rules. Jesus did that 2,000 years ago. He understood that the laws of Moses, written about 1,500 years before him, were no longer applicable, relevant, or helpful for the people of his time. So he made rules that were helpful and dismissed the ones that were not. How much more reason do we have to dismiss the ancient laws of Moses written over 3,500 years before us? Why are we still holding on to them? Christians don't even follow most of those laws. They don't even know 99% of those laws. They think there's only 10. And yet they claim that all good Christians should obey every one of Moses' rules. They pick and choose which rules are okay to ignore and which rules should be obeyed. But of course, other people can't do that, just them. Moses says men can't shave off their beards or sideburns, yet most pastors are clean-shaven. Then they go eat pork or shrimp after the service while wearing a suit made of mixed fabric, and no one bats an eye because nobody cares, because those rules are irrelevant. Therefore, we all just ignore them and pretend they don't exist. Yet, when the topic of homosexuality comes up, Christians go straight to the Old Testament because apparently that is one of the rules that we cannot ignore. That's not how any of this works. We either obey and enforce every single one of the over 600 laws of Moses or we don't enforce any of them. We cannot pick the ones we like and ignore the ones we don't like and then judge people for not obeying the ones we chose to obey. As Christians, we are not to obey any rules written by Moses. 
we are to follow the teachings of Jesus. It seems pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's in the name, Christian. We're not Mosian. We'll finish with a few teachings of Jesus. Matthew 22, 36-40 The Pharisees asked Jesus, Which is the most important rule given to us by Moses? Jesus replied, The law that says, Love God, found in Deuteronomy 6, 5. However, there is another rule that is equal to the first. By equal, I mean it is the exact same rule as the first, worded in a different way, which says, Love others as yourself, found in Leviticus 19.18. All the laws of Moses are based on that. There you have it. Jesus is saying that everything the laws of Moses are trying to get people to do is love one another. Jesus then goes on to give us one rule to follow and obey. John 13.34, Jesus says, I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. The question is, what does it look like to love another person as Jesus did? Well, that's easy. Do what Jesus did. What did he do, you might ask? He fed the hungry, gave a drink to the thirsty, welcomed to the foreigner and immigrant, clothed the naked, took care of the sick, and brought justice for the oppressed and the marginalized. Or are you going to tell me that he did not do those things? Of course you're not, because there's no denying what Jesus did. While some Christians are over there trying to decide which rules of Moses they want to judge other people for not obeying, the real followers of Christ are busy loving others like Christ did, especially the least fortunate and most vulnerable. While some Christians are over there judging, insulting, criticizing, hating, verbally if not even physically abusing and marginalizing someone just because they fell in love with another person who happens to be the same gender, real followers of Christ are healing the trauma bad Christians inflicted on them. Jesus didn't give us a list of rules to obey and enforce. He only ever told us how to feel towards another person. Love. Feel love towards one another. And if we feel that way towards others, our actions will automatically be loving. Paul said, Eat whatever you want. It doesn't matter what Moses said. However, if your diet could possibly offend those around you, then don't eat that food out of consideration for them. Because what matters is not the rules, rather love. Paul sometimes restricted what he ate, not because Moses said so, but because he loved his neighbor and didn't want to offend them, nor tempt them to act against their conscience. There is nothing about whether or not we can mix fabrics in the new commandment that Jesus gave us, the commandment that says we ought to love each other as he has loved us. There is nothing about whether or not men can shave, nothing about what we can and cannot eat or drink, 
nothing about what day of the week we can and cannot exercise. And believe it or not, there is nothing about who we can and cannot love, regardless of gender. Jesus' new commandment doesn't restrict us from loving anyone. It only restricts us from hating each other. Moses says, you may own slaves. Jesus says, no, that's the opposite of what it means to love one another. Moses says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus says, no, that's the opposite of what it means to love one another. Moses says, kill anyone who disrespects their parents. Jesus says, no, that's the opposite of what it means to love one another. Moses says, circumcise your penis. Jesus says, how is anyone loving their neighbor by mutilating their junk? According to Jesus, sin is any action towards another person that's not motivated by love. That's it. So let's recap. Is smoking a sin? Well, it's not beneficial, but it's not a sin if you don't feel guilty doing it. However, secondhand smoking does harm others, so be careful with that. Also, if you're dying of lung cancer and your loved ones are emotionally troubled because you continue to smoke, then you would probably feel guilty for killing yourself while emotionally hurting others. So in that case, it would be a sin. Is cussing a sin? Cuss words are usually used to verbally abuse people. So in that scenario, yes. However, following that logic, calling another person an idiot or even dumb is equally as sinful. Because the intentions behind what you are saying is not loving, regardless of the words you choose to use. Is shaving your facial hair a sin? That's completely up to you. Do you feel guilty doing it? If so, then yes, it's a sin, but only for you. Again, sin is relative. What makes someone feel guilty is a case-by-case -case basis. I'll even go as far as to say it's a case-by-case -case basis for murder. If you feel guilty killing someone, then yeah, murder is a sin for you. But if you don't feel any sort of guilt, then it's actually not a sin for you. Let me explain. Let's say you're driving towards a crosswalk and someone begins to walk across the road. You go to press on the brake, but it turns out your brand new car has a faulty brake line that decides to malfunction at that very moment. You try to swerve around the person, but you end up hitting them anyway. You find out the person died on the way to the hospital. It's sad, but the driver is not guilty. They're not going to jail. Whatever the scenario may be, accidents happen, people die, but sometimes no one is to blame. Example number two, let's say a mentally unstable person kills someone and doesn't feel an ounce of guilt. If the judge is convinced that that person is in fact insane, then that person is not going to prison because they're not guilty. Rather, they're going to get psychological help. Sin is not black and white. Right and wrong 
is not black and white. Life is not black and white. Life is complicated, which is why we should all show each other a bit more grace, mercy, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, and love as Christ has shown us.